Iced tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love I, it. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, I am a first-class name dropper. The great, legendary John Madden. And then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is that? Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I sniffed that out. I sniffed that out. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Chevy. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen, coming to you from the Crescent City, from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the downtown convention center, just four days before Super Bowl 47 goes down in the Superdome between the AFC champion Baltimore Ravens and NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. We've been spending the last several days putting together this, uh, this great show. Uh, we're very proud of it. Me, Chris Law, Chris Brockman, Stacey Garcia, Drew Olmeyer. And Marcus Smith of the, uh, of the booking staff at NFL Network. We've been toiling for weeks and weeks to get these celebrities and uh, players from the big game all together in one whiz-bang of a, an audio podcast that will be cut down to a one-hour television show airing on NFL Network Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, from the big game, from Super Bowl 47, is the quarterback of the moment. Colin Kaepernick of the San Francisco 49ers will be joining me from the NFC Championship team and then from the AFC Champion team. The Baltimore Ravens' longtime friend of this show and this podcast, Ed Reed, joining us from uh, his, uh, his native New Orleans. And um, I'm going to ask Ed later on if the Ravens win this game. We understand he's been on the record the past few days that he's not going to retire. But if the Ravens win this game, a Super Bowl, finally give him a Super Bowl, and it happens in his hometown, in front of his family and friends, would he ride off into the sunset with Ray Lewis? I'm going to ask him that question on this show. Those are the two players from the game. The man who's calling the game, Jim Nance of CBS, is also on this show to round out two big-time figures from either sideline and then the man from the booth, from CBS, the great Jim Nance will join us on this show. And then we've got the celebrity quotient all wrapped up for you. 50 Cent, uh, the rapper, recording artist, he joins this podcast. David Spade, one of the funnier guys uh, from the alumni uh, group of Saturday Night Live. Rules of Engagement coming back for another season, the Monday after the Super Bowl on CBS. He will join us. He's a big fantasy football player, and why not? Certainly if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, as he is, uh, he will join the show. Joel McHale, the funny man from uh, Community in the Soup. Big Seahawk fan. He will join the show. So let's get right to it um, and start off with Colin Kaepernick of the 49ers. Could not be more pleased to have on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl special, uh, none other than the man of the hour himself (laughs) of the San Francisco 49ers, Colin Kaepernick. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm fine. How's life? Good. (laughs) Good. Is is this uh, surreal for you? Is this the way you expected your career to unfold. What are you feeling right now on the eve of the Super Bowl that you're starting? Um, I mean, it's a little bit surreal, but at the same time, uh, I've just been trying to keep my head down, keep working, and uh, taking it as I go. Who have you been talking to? Who have you sought counsel from throughout this entire process? Um, there's been a lot of people talking to me, a lot of my teammates, a lot of my family, just making sure, uh, keeping my head on straight, staying mm-hmm. focused on what we're trying to accomplish for this season. And who else outside of the 
49er family or your personal family? Is there anyone else that you've reached out to or has reached out to you to guide you through this process at all? I have a few friends that will talk to me here and there, but for the most part, my teammates and my family are the ones that I really trust, I really look to to give me that guidance. What's your first football memory? When I was eight years old, uh, my first year playing football, um, I remember that year like it was yesterday because I played four plays the whole year. What do you mean you played four plays the whole year? That's it? Four plays the whole year. Um, and I remember two of those were as a punter. Is that right? Yes. As a punter. Yeah. Okay. And how, how were you as a, as a punter? Uh, for that age, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. You say this about age eight. You only played four plays. And it just seems your entire career to this point, your entire life, you've never really had anything handed to you. You've had to work for everything. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I don't feel like I've ever had anything handed to me. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't want it that way. I don't want things handed to me. I want to earn them. I want to prove that I deserve what I have. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you were in high school, the story goes that you were recruited, uh, that you, you sealed the deal for Nevada to send you a scholarship on the basketball court. Is that a true story? Yes, true story. That you were, were you sick? Is that, what was this story about? Tell me yeah, that story. I had a fever of... It was like 102, 103, something That's like all that. Those, huh? okay. um, but, I mean, I knew they were coming to the game. I wanted to try to take advantage to get the scholarship. Mm-hmm. So, went out and played and had a good game. And they walked up to you after the game, or when did uh, they see you? I had a phone call that week from the coaches uh, saying they're going to offer me as long as I didn't accept any baseball. Uh, I didn't enter the baseball draft. Right. Uh, Coming the summer. The Cubs still drafted you anyway, right? Uh, while I was in college. Well, they didn't draft college. me that year. Okay. And did you have to go to the hospital after that game, that, that hoops game? No, I, I just went home. You just went home? Just went okay. home. <laughs> so, you're, so you get your football scholarship based on a hoops performance, and mm-hmm. then you got your first start uh, similar to the way you got your first start with the San Francisco 49ers. Is that correct? As well? Yes. What happened there? Um, our starting quarterback uh, had an ankle injury um, in the second quarter of a game versus Fresno State. And, I mean, the rest of the game played well, and he was out for the rest of the season. So uh, took over from there. And then in your first career start with Nevada, you almost knocked off Boise, right? Yes. And how many overtimes? Uh, four. That's all there was, right? <laughs> so it's, 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 it's amazing to me. Again, it just seems there seems to be a symmetry that's going on here, how – you got the gig in Nevada, how you got the gig in San Francisco, and how your first opportunity to start, you took the Bulls right by the, the horns, in other words. What, what is within you, do you think, that allows you to persevere and perform under the spotlight when you have to do it with that one window of opportunity seemingly opening for a fleeting moment? I think it's... Partially because of the guidance I have, uh, the people that are around me telling me, stay focused, your time's coming. Uh, when you get the opportunity, take advantage. And I think the other part is me knowing that you might not get another shot if you don't take advantage of this one. So uh, every time I have an opportunity to go out and prove myself, I, I try to take full advantage of it because I don't know when the next one will come. What is it like to be out there in the huddle at your young age 
and perform as well as you've been performing. What, what is that like for mere mortals who are sitting at home right now getting ready for a Super Bowl who would love to just feel that for just one split second? And uh, what's that like? Um, to me, there's no better feeling than being on the field with my teammates just playing. Um, I mean, I, I feel like that's when I'm my happiest. I feel like that's when I'm at my best. What, is, what has Jim Harbaugh done for you? Um, I mean, he's really given me a shot. He gave me the opportunity to take over this team and try to lead them uh, this far. And, I mean, he's worked with me the offseason, during the season, trying to make sure that every detail that I can get better at, that I am getting better at it to help this team. What can you get better at right now? Um, some decisions, uh, some footwork things. Just trying to clean things up. From my perspective, your footwork looks very good, Colin. <laughs> Certainly when you're running away from people. But you're talking about in the pocket with your footwork? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, in the pocket, some of the drops, things like that. Um, there's always things you want to critique and make better. Um, but at this point in the season, it's, all right, go out and play and make sure we're winning. Coach Harbaugh said from the podium this week that Alex Smith is coaching you more than he is right now. What did he mean by that? Um I mean, Alex is someone that's always talking to me. He's always making sure my head's in the right place. Uh, we're going over uh, checks, audibles, what our reads are on different plays, uh, just making sure that both of us are mentally prepared for the game. We all know um, you're, you're an adopted uh, man. We also know that your brother sent 100 DVDs of your high school play to colleges <laughs> to try and get you noticed. We know that your family's been behind you this whole time. What does this mean for your family what you have been able to do since week 11 um i mean you would you would have to ask them for me uh, I, i've just been trying to do everything i can to try to make them proud uh i mean i think the best moment for me was last week after the game uh my mom gave me a hug and started crying because she was so happy and um to me that that's something special and uh, when you're going to step on that field on Sunday, what are you expecting? What are you expecting out of yourself? Um, to play well. Uh, I mean, you can't expect anything less of yourself than to go out and perform well and help a team win. Before I let you go, I've got a couple Kaepernicking questions. <laughs> when was the first time you, you, you did the whole kissing of the bicep? When, when did that, how did that start? Um, it started in the Miami game. Uh, had a touchdown towards the end of the game that I did it. And it started because of an article that was written about my tattoos. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was just my way of showing that, I mean, I love my tattoos. They mean something to me. Um, and I have faith in to God the glory right there on my arm. So um, that's another way of me showing my faith in what I believe in. And now you have people kissing their biceps <laughs> all around the world right now, Colin. Right. Well, I hope they keep doing it. <laughs> well, I have a question for you. In my, in my job, what I do for a living, would it, be, would it be appropriate if I, like I cracked a great line on Dion or won an argument with Michael Irvin, if I just, you know, went like that to punctuate it? Would that be a good use of the Kaepernicking? Right That'd there? be a perfect situation to use it. So I, I've been, I, you give me free license to... To use it, I'm not going to call it Eisening. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, it's your thing. But that would be appropriate. That would be an appropriate way to do it. Very appropriate. Did I do it? Did I do it right? Oh yeah. Did I? It's just. I mean, mine's not nearly as big. <laughs> just like that. Yeah, just straight to, mm. straight to the bicep. Mm -hmm. Very good. And I've, I've got, uh, I've got a present for you as well, because I knew 
already going in that you were a punter to start off your career. There you go. Punter. <laughs> are people too appropriately extra, extra large for you. <laughs> well, thank you. you. Wear that with pride. I mean, I know this is in your past, <laughs> but everything clearly, you, you wear everything on your sleeve, obviously. Yeah. This has got, and, it's, and you can show off the, the ink and everything in this thing. So It's perfect. There you go. Good luck to you, Colin Kaepernick. Thank you you're so good, much. You're a good man, and everybody just loves watching you run and pass and do what you're doing for the 49ers and uh, Super Bowl stage. It's just incredible. So good luck to you. Thank you. You bet. That's Colin Kaepernick right here on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl special with his new T-shirt and me with my new way of showing off for Dion. Uh, Colin, uh, ready for his moment in the sun. And uh, the question is, is... It, Will he provide the same entertainment in the same winning play from the past two games in the playoffs in the Super Bowl? If he does, he might just be the MVP of the Super Bowl, which is not too shabby for a guy who was the MVP of the Humanitarian Bowl just four seasons ago uh, at the University of Nevada. Now we're going to switch gears up and go to 50 Cent. All right, it's time now to break down the Super Bowl. The man whose new album, Street King Immortal, is going to be released this spring. He's got a uh, a health and fitness book, Formula 50, out in a newsstand in a uh, bookstore near you right now. 50 Cent joining us here on the Rich Eyes' Super Bowl special. How are you, 50? I'm great, man. How's everything? I'm doing fine. So uh, you're giant. I feel like I'm a year late with you. You're a giant (laughs) fan. Like last year should have been the time that you and I were talking before the Super Bowl, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. The Giants... Last year, they had a great performance. And, I mean, this year, I'm still a Giants fan. I'm, I'm such a New Yorker that, I, you know, I, I roll with New York regardless of how it's going. So I, I still got some, uh, some hope here with the, uh, the Knicks. Let's <laughs> yeah. see what we could do there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They seem to be doing yeah. pretty well this year. At least you got them. But uh, how, do, how do you view the Super Bowl? How can you – because you, you, the 49ers were a team – that, uh, you know, you guys beat last year, and I'm sure you might actually feel that you have a chance to do it again since you did beat them in the regular season. What are your right. – what are your and, and then the Ravens took care of you pretty harshly uh, in, in December as well. How do you view the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, it's still, it's still exciting for me to, to actually get a chance to see it. I actually – I'm going to New Orleans. I want to see the game, you know, and, and with uh, Ray Lewis mm-hmm. closing his career, I'd like to see him go out on top. With the Ravens, and then they got uh, what, what Ray Rich, the kid, is, he's actually from New York. He's from like uh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. by the Bronx. Right. You know, so I, you know, I'll go out and support the Ravens. So you you're rooting for the Ravens in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Just because of that. So how do you how do you think the Ravens can can take care of this Kaepernick kid who is so huge? He seems to have every uh, physical attribute that you'd want out of a quarterback: speed, quickness, the arm, the mind, the youth. He doesn't even know what he doesn't know probably right now. How, how do you think the Ravens can handle them, 50? Exactly. I think that, that this is why the Super Bowl is such a great event every year. You know what I'm saying? You end up with the best of the best. They perform so well that you, you know, it can go either way. So it's exciting to be there. Each moment, each play, everything counts. Like somebody can have a bad night and just that, you know, those small decisions, those small things are going to mean the most in this actual game. What about your football career? Do you, ever, do you have one? I don't have a football career, you know. I mean, this 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 sport is definitely they 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 put it to the side for guys that are uh, uh, really like I I play with boxing a little bit, but not not in, in organized actual sports like in, with real padded football. We always play touch football in the actual neighborhood. That doesn't qualify for that actual question. Exactly, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it sure does. Come on, <laughs> you, that's you know, where like, things we, start. 
we got out there, and, and everybody had an opportunity to be the quarterback at some point and, and be the receiver. So, you know, it, it's always an a, a opportunity. Like, there's always a passion for these actual sports in the inner cities because the, there's no real limitations. As long as you have two, two uh, street lamps, you have, you know, two goals. and <laughs> That works, sure. And a, football, you know, a football, get it going. I, I, I played uh, two-hand touch in the street in Staten Island, about 50. Exactly. Uh, but, you know... That was the end of it for me. I mean, that was about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, my me and you both, we had the same experience level here. There we go. Yeah, except as as you know, I've, I've never, I've never really. Well, that's not true. I mean, I, I have rapped a couple of times before. Um, I, I did yeah. have, I did have, uh, you know, Cube came on, and I did also, you know, for Ice T. I actually, I did, I did lay down uh, some beats for him. Go a cappella. My name's Rich Eisen. I have a podcast. Miss a scheduled appearance and I'll put you on blast. New York is my home, the island of Staten. I've conquered Bristol, even Manhattan. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. Oh, man. Rapping isn't my forte in case you couldn't tell. I'm more relaxed on the network, NFL. I have, love I have, That was cold right there. Well, you know, most most... Most professional athletes have some sort of passion for music because it's the thing that they actually utilize to take their mind off uh, the physical discipline involved with training so hard. And, and there's so much training involved with them competing on this actual level that they all have some sort of connection to it. In the past, they've created these, uh, you know, Super Bowl shuffles. Yeah, I know. I, do it. Well, I want to I wanna actually ask you about that and get your professional opinion on some of the football players who have attempted to do what you've done so well professionally, um, starting with the Super Bowl shuffle. And I'd like to play a little bit for you and for you to, you know, critique some of the Hall of Famers who have attempted. Okay, let's to enter, check it out. Into, into your, okay. Super Bowl shuffle is the perfect way to start it. Let's start it with Sweetness and Singletary. And you give me, give me your thoughts on Sweetness and Singletary. About how uh, about how they 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 get their shuffle going? All right. <laughs> uh, here we go. They called me sweetness, and I like to dance. Running the ball is like making more mans. We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't come here to look for trouble. We just come here to do the Super Bowl shop. I'm Samurai Mike. I stop from cold. Part of the defense, big and bold. I've been jamming for quite a while. All right, 50, your thoughts there. What do you think? <laughs> What do you think? I think they got their point across. You know, the production, <laughs> the production's a little dated. Yeah, sure. You know, if we did something now where producers didn't allow it to feel like right now, hit music right now, I think it'd be exciting. And it'd get a chance to let them, you know, get a chance to get that out of their system because <laughs> they do it. You know, when you listen to the music, like in the shower, I could sing like Luther Vandross. You know what I'm saying? But I don't do that nowhere else. <laughs> but in the shower, you know, you get into it and... What are do doing things? What do you think of sweetness, though? Do you think sweetness could have had a career in that? If, if Man, uh, he, was, he was going for it, he looked comfortable. He did. And Singletary he as did. well. Singletary, you know, he he still rocked the glasses too back in the day. Yeah, and some of them wanted to. You know, they had to kind of go. Oh, let me do it. I'll do it. 
<laughs> they had to figure out how to, you know, get in the front. You got the other guys in the back just doing that step like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do what they said we had to do. <laughs> it was mandatory. This is a part of the job, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, now let's try Jerry Rice. All-time uh, all great. The GOAT himself. Gave it a whirl in 1987 with the Niners. Here we go. Boy, Jerry Rice. Hello, my name is Jerry Rice. Please don't try to glove me because you pay the price. I move so fast, I'll give you a buzz. You be thinking that you're next to me. Thought you were cuz. Enough offense. Get to the D. Hey, hey, no need to remind you. San Francisco 49ers. What do you think of Rice? What do you think of Jerry? Well, I mean, the, the Bears was a tough act to follow. But, um, <laughs> but Jerry Rice, you know, he, he's obviously, he's done so much that he creates a separation. Anybody who... Not even you don't even have to be a sports fan to be a fan of Jerry Rice. It's I just know. it's obvious he's a goat, baby. He is a goat. But what what do you think about rapping? Is he a goat there? What do you think? Now he he didn't really have to do that. But you know, at some points we all get in the areas this to, you know it's gray areas. It, it comes from that passion for it sure. from how long you've you've had it going on around you. Now it's tough to criticize the goat, and I'm not going to do that because yeah. obviously I'm I'm not so very good at it. Well, Rich, you could do that, but I just won't be a part of it. Yeah, I would definitely be the guy in the background. <laughs> who, yeah, I'd definitely be the guy who who, who moves back and forth. Now you've had, sp- yeah, I'd, I'd be that guy. You've spent some time in New Orleans. Two movies. You shot Freelancers with uh, Robert De Niro and Forrest Whitaker in in uh, New Orleans, and then The Tomb, co-starring. Uh, yes. Arnold and Stallone, you spent some time in New Orleans. What are your thoughts on the city that, uh, that we're in right now? I mean, it's cool, man. I think, I think this is going to be wonderful for, the, for New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? To have that much, you know, fanfare and everything going on. It, everything is going to be occupied. You know that. The Super Bowl is like so, almost a stimulus package mm-hmm. for that actual area. So it's going to be great for them. What was it like shooting a movie with Arnold and, uh, and Stallone, 50? Well, well, I enjoyed myself. Like I, and I actually didn't have a role that was as big as the role I played with in Freelancers with mm-hmm. De Niro and Forrest. So it was a, I was able to relax a little bit, enjoy myself a little more. So I did get a chance to explore New Orleans a little more during that project than Freelancers. Every year at the Combine, I run the uh, 40-yard dash. And um, I'm not very good at it, but, you know, I only know one speed. It's slow. I run it like 6.02 <laughs> seconds. How will Formula 50, if I start right now, how will that help shave some time off my 40? You make the adjustments. If you actually, at this point right now, you start doing intervals, you'll top that time. Okay. You know, even whatever you're comfortable, you know, running at, you just gradually change the pace. So you're comfortable, you know, training at a higher, with your heart rate at a higher pace. Okay. And you do that. It doesn't matter what, what physical abilities that God has not instilled me with? It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you could do it in, 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 in 6.0 at time, then if you, if you gradually adjust to mm-hmm. going you know, in, in intervals, then you'll be a little more comfortable as you reach that point. <laughs> you would have been exhausted. <laughs> okay. Tell me about Street King Immortal before I let you go. Street King Immortal, man, it's, I'm excited. It's almost been three years since it was well, over three years that I, since I lost my last album. And, I, you know, I've uh, taken the time to make this project something that I feel can impact and be as strong as my... Uh, my first effort, Get Rich or Die Trying. And the first single was myself, Adam Levine and Eminem. It's called My Life, and it's successful. It's actually number one on the charts in the U.K. right now. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to be one of those songs that I could take around the world again and tour and do everything else that I need to do. And you know the Super Bowl's coming to your hometown next year. Can yeah, you when it that? comes to New York, I'm already going to set up for that now. 
yeah. before they start raising the prices for the hotels. <laughs> looking around right now. <laughs> I like it. Hey, you got give me one last uh, one last give me your prediction. Sunday. What do you got? Well, you know, I predict the Ravens. I, I think the Baltimore Ravens will do it. You know what I'm saying? With with the additional energy that they'll get from Ray Lewis. This is his last game. You're gonna give him everything he got. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I hope the rest of the team has the same morale that he has coming in there and just we get it together. I mean, it's going to be a tough game, you know, with the 49ers and the energy. Like, I watched the, the Niners in Atlanta, and it was an amazing game. So I, I expect it to be, you know, tough competition. But that's why we all tune into the Super Bowl. That's it. 50 Cent, thank you so much for joining me on my special. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you. You get. That is 50 Cent, who's... Uh, New album, Street King Immortal, coming out this spring. And, of course, if you want to shave a few off, Formula 50 is the way to do it, certainly if you're going to run the combine in your dress suit and shoes, like some of us do. (laughs) All right, so that's 50 Cent, who came uh, showing up um, in a Yankee hat. And, again, even for you international listeners, a special treat. uh, iTunes is going to put the entire video program that, again, is on at 10 p.m. Eastern time, Friday night on NFL Network. That can be available on iTunes as well, the whole one-hour show on NFL Network. So all of you folks overseas who are big fans of this show, and we love you very much. We always give you that shout-out, or at least Brockman does. Uh, Brockman's too busy in the edit bay right now throwing this thing all together for the Friday night show and for iTunes. Uh, And that show includes Joel McHale, who we get to right now. This man's been hosting The Soup for almost as long as this network's on the air, the fourth season of his hit show, Community. Debuts a Thursday after the Super Bowl. But one thing you may not know about Joel McHale, single-handedly won the national championship for University of Washington back in the day. You're welcome, University of Washington. Good to see you, sir. Nice to see you. Thank you for helping uh, promote community. Why why wouldn't I? It's a fantastic program. God bless you. We've had had Gillian Jacobs on this show before as well, your co-star. If we could have... I don't know, 10% of an NFL broadcast rating, then I, we'd be the biggest show in the history of television. Is that, is that really the, the metrics that Pretty you're Pretty much. You're Does this for? get similar ratings no. to an NFL game? Oh, no, no, no. You're kidding. No. I was joking. <laughs> Rich, just wait, I... Just wait till you see the, the, the boost, the, pot, the, the, the bump will, you'll get. The bump you will get that's great. from this performance or this appearance. Look is, out. I cannot Seriously. wait. Yes, this is, this is going to be... This is going to be the Waterloo that really makes turns me into the Bieber of <laughs> of podcast guests. Yes, that's exactly what you are. What if Tom Brady was actually that size behind you? Well, you know what? Uh, it's it's a difficult seat that I'm in mm. because it's a the two shot of Brady behind me. I yeah. just it's it's almost as if I disappear. Well, he is. I don't want to sound like this is an insult. Mm-hmm. Better looking and more talented athletically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he is slightly better looking than you. Yes, he is. He is. So. And, and plus, I mean, he's got it all working. I mean, yeah. every possible facet. Even his feet his are gig. comfortable now that he's the spokesperson for Ugg Boots. <laughs> if you had said mm-hmm. Ugg Boots, which for, you know, was just ladies wore them. And mm-hmm. it was like, you've, and then he starts wearing them. And now every day. It is tough for a football player to say, yes, I line my shoes with sheepskin. Right. And not have anybody look askance yeah. or look at them differently. Right. But Brady Brady brings that whole sort of dynamic now to the Now you're Uggs like, set. I, I need a pair. As a matter of fact, I, my entire clothing is draped in sheepskin right now. You can't tell. Wow, but that's, that's why that's how comfortable I am sitting that's incredible. right now. If Brady were a real man, he would play in Ugg boots. 
and just show how so how comfortable he is in the pocket. Maybe when he was sliding into Ed Reed, he thought that, that he was wearing Uggs, and this won't hurt Ed. Yeah, it'll be fine. If I go in cleat first. And yet. And yet, there was no sheepskin. Uh, there was, and it went right into Ed Reed. Have you met Tom Brady a hundred times? Yeah, no, I've, I have. I have interviewed him, and like I said, I'm not kidding What's you. What's wrong with shot. him? Is there something wrong? No. with anything? No, there isn't. <sighs> There's not a thing wrong with him. He won't all. die. He'll just ascend to heaven. <laughs> he will. Ascend. It's it. But It'll you, be... your team, the Seahawks, took care of him this year. Yeah. Up in the Pacific yeah. Northwest, where you, from where you hail. Uh, yes, it was a thrilling year uh, because a lot of the time with Seattle sports, it's like having a really hot girlfriend who's insane. <laughs> where you're like, she's so, like, all of a sudden they're like, look, you're with the hottest, they're, all of a sudden they're doing, someone's doing something great, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter which team, and then, and then they go crazy, and they take a baseball bat to your car. That's how you feel emotionally. <laughs> right. Uh, how, but, how does that fit into, how does that this, analogy fit into this, this year's this Seahawks? This did not do that, because they won a lot, and all, I mean, it wasn't that it was a fluke team. They were actually very good. The defense was tremendous. Russell Wilson in all these situations where you thought, well, this is where this is where this rookie is gonna really is gonna you know, he's gonna crap the bed and he didn't. He, he just, never did. Not he once. had such confidence oh, it was so thrilling. And he's, to know that he's five ten, that he's still like foot taller than Seacrest, but uh, <laughs> to know that he's back there and can bar- basically cannot see a single receiver <laughs> and just throws it up, he was like Daredevil. He just his he had extra senses or something. He's uh, the real deal. He was here uh, for our championship Sunday uh, morning show, game day morning, yeah. here the whole day. The real deal. I'm, I get here at 4 in the morning for our oh. Sunday morning. Yeah, it's, it's a rough call time, but, you know, oh. somebody's got to do it. I do it only once in a blue moon. Mariucci might beat me here. Kurt Warner might beat me here one day on a Sunday. And one day. One day. Not the whole. Right. First person on championship Sunday to be here was Russell Wilson. Beat me here by 15 minutes, fully dressed, ready to go. He showed up at 345. He sure did. That he did. He did. But that's what he does. And I'm sure he studied film all the night before. I swear, fully if he wasn't married, I would marry him. Because now <laughs> you can is. do that. Now you can do that in Washington <laughs> you State. Do, you can do a lot of things in Washington just State be, now. Yeah, and, and look at our, our defense was tremendous. Incredible. Uh, if only, I mean, there was just those last two games we would get down. I felt that at first we were like the Borg, where they let you, uh, you know the Borg from Star Trek? Yeah. No, where, from, from Gal- Galactica, right? How Borg, dare Borg. you? No. <laughs> I didn't mean to correct you. Those are the, the Cylons. The Cylon, The Borg? Oh, that's the Borg. The Borg are from okay. Star Trek Next Generation. From <laughs> what is wrong with me? Anyway, the Borg just learns your this, ways yes. and then uses them against you, which is they. you kind of feel like, uh, because we were down 24 to 0 in the first half? What, no, not, uh, so you were down 20 to nothing. 20 in, to nothing, and I was like, round, but we yeah. just, what we were doing was just gathering information, apparently. If we could, if we could do what we did with or we had done with the 49ers, which was we got a lead and we never lost the lead. And, mm. just, and it was, that, would have been, that would have been great. But it's, it's interesting what, what, how strange bedfellows can be made in the NFL. I imagine you being a, a Washington Husky through and through. Way to weave that in. Um, thank right. you. But you being a Washington Husky through and through, having Pete Carroll as your head coach, I imagine while he was down at USC kicking pack 10 tail, you were not such a fan of, of his work. It was Would a, that be assumption? Well, I admired what he did. From afar. Uh, from afar, going like, that man clearly knows how to coach a football team mm-hmm. as he keeps going up to Seattle and beating my team over and over again. <laughs> right. In fact, I think they just followed him to the locker room and stole their uniforms and 
and uh, broke into their cars. And uh, but uh, no, he was he. Uh, yeah, it's all. Thank God it has worked out because those were dark days for Husky football. It was not a good time. We got I think two seasons went by with a total of one wins yeah, between the two. It was. I remember thinking, what's happened? Mm-hmm. Are, did we forget the ball? Where mm-hmm. are, our, are our helmets or something? I don't know. When did you realize your, your playing career was over and, and you needed to go into acting? John, oh, John, I realized, realized, realized that, that the first day of practice, <laughs> I was like, these guys are really good mm-hmm. and I need to get out of here or you, I'm going to get hurt. You were a tight end, right? Yes. Okay. I was a walk-on tight end. There okay. was a very active walk-on program at the University of Washington, which basically brought fresh blood in for the starters. Mm-hmm. And... Once in a while, uh, it was. It was just fresh meat. Uh-huh. But once in a while, there would be a walk-on that was awesome, such as like John Fiala, mm-hmm. who played for the Steelers. He came on and uh, was going 100% in every practice, and the starters were like, this guy needs mm-hmm. to relax. And uh, so I, I feel like I accomplished something because I survived uh, two years of doing it. Right. It was very – it was fun and rewarding and all those things, but – it was the fact that I didn't get killed was great news. Did you get lit up in practice? Uh, yes, I made. Oh, I got. I. I lit, the defense thought they were doing a great job when they played against me. So you you were doing your job, which was to make them feel good about themselves. That's right. What you're I would be like, oh, that was a terrific tackle. Mm-hmm. I am in great pain. Way to go. You're gonna do great <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, yes, Dave Hoffman, who I now kind of know, he was uh, all American. Uh, linebacker, and he then went on to the Secret Service, where he uh, trains people to to protect people and yeah. kill them. Uh, he was the scariest guy on the field, and I, like Steve Entman, uh, I wasn't there. I, w- I came the year after, but everyone was like, "No, no, no you should see Dave." Really? Dave, and Dave was not a big guy, but Dave hit harder than anybody, and he knocked the wind out of me twice. In uh, well, he fir- I we were running scout offense, which. For the well, I guess they probably know what that is. People, uh, please. Where you play, you run the plays of the other team yes. against the defense, and if the play goes well, you mm-hmm. run it the same play again uh-huh. to show the defense, show it once more. And the first time, it was just one of those uh, hot routes where the tight end they dumped the ball quickly yeah. during a blitz. Blitz is coming, and Dave proceeded to. I went to go catch it, and he knocked me down and knocked the wind out of me. Mm-hmm. But I had caught in the ball. I caught the ball. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, run the play again. So I'd already had the wind knocked out of me. And then uh, I ran it with no air in my lungs, which, which then he again knocked me, knocked the wind out of me. And oh. I don't even know what you would call that. Like some sort of double. A double, a double winding. Double wind. I don't know what it was. And then they said, run it again. And then at that, then when they called the play, I just ran a whole different route. I just ran off the field. Uh, no, I here's when I did realize that I should definitely not pursue sports uh, was during skit night because all the uh, freshman football players had to perform a skit for sure. the seniors, mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of part of hazing. And uh, my sketch went better, went very well. What was your sketch? Uh, I made fun of the team doctor, who. Uh, would be, who would always say, like, someone would come in with, like, a bent-up finger. You're like, you're fine, you can play. And then it was always, you're fine, you can play. And then, and then I, we, it, we, it got to the point where we just dragged in a player. They're like, he's been dead for three days, coach. He's like, you can play, get him in. And then we brought in a kicker who had a, because uh, kickers never had to get hit. Sure. They were kickers, and then, right. like, one guy had a hangnail, and he, he, then the doctor freaked out. But it, it, 
sounds hilarious. Sort of, no, sure. sort of like the Monty Python is, is yes. you know, just a flesh wound. Yes. Right. So, but at the very end, the kicker, who has zero injuries, he get, he freaks out about how he needs to be taken care of. So the seniors love that. Uh, the doctor did not like he that. He did not like that. The doctor. Uh, the, I got so much more respect for me that night right. than ever even close on the football field. So I thought, I need to pursue that. Yeah. Like the coaches were like, oh, hey, who are you? You're pretty good. Good for you. That was funny. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna kill you tomorrow. But anyway, so run it again. Yeah. Uh, so you play? Did you play with Brunel? Was Brunel on yes. the team when you were there? Brunel was there. Uh, Napoleon Kaufman was Napoleon there. Napoleon Kaufman. Uh, Damon Heward was there. Brock Heward was not there yet. Okay. Uh, the great Mark Bruner and Ernie Conwell were mm-hmm. the other tight ends who were, they were like astronauts compared to me running around with sure. a little wooden cart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark Bruner was one of the sky and Ernie. Er- they were such crazy athletes and both so smart. Mm. So, I student mean, Ernie, athletes. what? The student athletes. They were, stu- I mean, Ernie was benching 450. Why wouldn't he? At, when he was a freshman. Why wouldn't he? I know, he was that squatting 850. Right. It was crazy. <laughs> and he was running a 4440 yard dash. And then there was Billy Joe Hobart. Billy Joe. Who eventually, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this, first interception of Ray Lewis's career. Really? Thrown by Billy Joe Hobart. And now here we are. I don't even know. I can't this even call it full circle because I don't know if Billy Joe is part of the circle in the Super Bowl whatsoever. Maybe they should just get him there. Is it true be- that Billy Joe, I don't know if this is true. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know. But he got. He was on the Jets for a moment, but was put in the game, but then said, I don't know the plays. And it was. It could be possible. I don't, we, I don't want to every- do. I, see, now I'm just putting stuff out there that's probably wrong. It's so, okay. You, Billy you, Joe, wherever you are, I'm you sorry have, if that's incorrect. You have immunity here. Don't worry, you've got football immunity here. But everybody confuses uh, Billy Joe Holbert with Billy Joe Tolliver. Just the whole Billy Joe thing just throws a lot of people off. So you yeah. could be that, too. We could and smear you, all Billy Joes way, right now. By the way, parents out there, if you name your kid Billy Joe, he will be a football player. <laughs> it's right. No it's, matter what. It's simple. Yeah, it's just simple. name your kid Billy Joe, I know. and then you will be an NFL player. What do you think of this Super Bowl? Break it down for me, Joel McHale. Look, the season ended for me two weeks ago, so I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know you don't follow didn't. football after Ooh, the Seahawks who were cares? one-point losers. Oh, stop it. I know. But the 49ers are in it. And you're, yes, so West and Coast. The last team to beat the 49ers are the Seahawks, Week so 16. I think we deserve just ergo we won the Super Bowl then. We should see if we can okay. make that happen at this late Great. date. Yeah. Uh, no, I like, uh, boy, because I have a lot. I don't know. Because I feel like if I say... I'm a 49er fan. Ray Lewis will actually just burst through the wall there. He is. He is. He, we do have another. He's right there. There he is. He's right next to to Brady. So be careful. Uh, yeah, he, he can. He can animate. Amazing at any that moment. you don't have him smiling in that photo. Nah. Not looking insanely <laughs> intense. He is. Uh, that's what we got. But uh, it's okay. He, 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 we, we won't animate him if you choose the 49ers. That's right, now, fine. Are the is is the bird the raven indigenous to the Baltimore area? Yeah, it's it's Edgar Allan Poe, who is a Baltimorean. That's so you awesome. got to you got to make the the poetic leap. I see to put the two and two together. That's now I have new much. I don't need, I didn't know that. There you go. Now I have huge respect because uh, that you're a Poe what fan. a great reference. You're a Poe fan. Yes, and do you think in Edgar Allan Poe's wildest dreams mm-hmm. he would think that that he would get a team like a Huge, crazy team. Well, they, they, they did unearth this week, Joel. Uh, you know a, so a, much more than that. Well, they did unearth this week some, some of uh, Poe's earlier writings on the pistol offense and how to stop it. And they're going to try and they're incorporate gonna, the, 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 you know, an iambic pentameter. Flacco's going to call out the plays. 
and that's how they're going to beat the 49ers. That's amazing. I'm I giving you that scoop right here. They should here. put the audibles in, or when Lewis is like, never more, never more, <laughs> and right. it'd be amazing. Right, the usher. They just keep going on uh, and on. You keep going on and on. Who on do that. you think's going to win? I guess I can Are you reversing it? it? Are you reversing yeah. it You're right literally an NFL expert. I know. You literally work But I also the finished last in one of my fantasy football leagues, so <laughs> what, what do I possibly know? Uh, but I don't know. It just depends on if Kaepernick can avoid the mistakes. Because if he plays the way that he did if he plays the way Bay, he did, yes. I think it's a wrap. Yes, I But think right. you never know that whole Ray Lewis retirement thing can actually take them to, uh, to the Yeah, podium. I think Ray Lewis in the locker room before the game might sprout wings or <laughs> another set of arms will just burst out of his side. He could. And then just a horn comes out. It could be that. You never I don't know. know. I th- there's a dude just walking on the set. That's um, okay. So I you, think I'm going to have to go with the 49ers very well. because uh, my West Coast, my brother, uh, my brother lives in Oakland. So, yes, I know that the you Oakland gotta, Raiders gotta, are there. So you got a prediction and a shout-out. I'm just saying. Altogether. Uh, yes, he's an Episcopal priest, lives, in, lives near Pleasanton. <laughs> Pleasantville? Pleasanton. Pleasanton, uh, which, by the way, John Madden essentially owns lock, stock, and barrel. Are oh, you aware of that? No. Yes. He owns pretty much all the real estate in Pleasanton, California. Do you think he California. owns my brother's church? He probably does. <laughs> <laughs> he could speak to John Madden about that, about the mm. rent. He probably does. How old is kid. John Madden now? 103 years old. I feel, does yeah. he, uh, I feel like, I mean, he's obviously immortalized in the video game. Yes. But uh, is he still doing commentary? No, he's not. No. Occasionally on the radio or something. Do you like talk that. to him ever? I never talked to him. You've never spoken to him? I mean, I have, I've interviewed him for this show, but I haven't spoken to him in a very, very long time. If you want me to get a message to him, I, I, I will, Joel. Really? Can do that. Yeah, sure. I'm not kidding. I can do that for you. I'd like him to give me my brother's church so I can, <laughs> call, the, can, so I can call, the, call the rules. Last question for you. Is the Manti Teo story made for the soup? The yes. sports story made for, um, for the soup? It is. If, if, there had been, if it had been an imaginary Lohan sister... Yes. It would have been perfect. <laughs> it would have been. There are, I swear that when you start talking about sports on E, people are like, what right. language did he just start speaking? <laughs> we told this week, we told a Harbaugh uh, brother, you know, like a, it was something like the Harbaugh brothers sure. are going to be, uh, are going to probably settle because they're brothers. The game might come down to a titty twister. Uh, <laughs> can we say that on the NFL? Will that be bleeped? It I, I think that's a purple not, nurple. That's everyone. about to say purple nurple wedgie, and uh, so uh, so it, people look at you like, are you sure you want to tell this joke? Because there's no sort of pop culture reference in it. We're, we're mm-hmm. very confused as to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the Manti Teo thing is pretty great. I hope it never dies down. Well, if it is that is that is that a I, that's what, a play on words. That I hope it never. Oh. That, I hope it now, never. Do you think that never he, fake dies? Do you think down? he was in on it? I do, do not. Think? I do not. I think he was just uh, hoaxed, and it was the most mean-spirited, elaborate hoax ever perpetrated on the most naive linebacker in, in the history, history of college sports. All right. I think so. Almost like he was almost like they could remake being there with Manti Teo. Right. I oh. think it, I think that's possible. I would like to see that. the. We uh, could work that in the Hollywood script. I'd like to see the NFL version of being there. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> we'll work on that here. Would you come on the soup sometime? Are you serious? Yes. Done. Please, please. All right. Please. Would you wear... You have to f- finish the sentence. It's a version of Spanx, but uh, they're very revealing. Um, is, that, is that a deal breaker? Well, maybe. Okay. We'll, we'll have to figure that All one right, out. I'll, I'll, I don't I'll, know. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, but I'm, I mean, I, I know you have Brian Williams on. You don't make him wear it. Yeah, he's coming on uh, February 6th until um, he cancels. Uh, <laughs> well, really, February, yeah, until... Fe- February 7th is when Community begins its fourth season. Thursday, 8 o'clock. And uh, I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you promoting it. I'm not joking. I'm and uh, I, I know you hear it all the time, but uh, been watch- I've been watching you Uh-oh. since uh, since SportsCenter started back in 78. <laughs> I know that... Uh, you yeah. were part of the launch. I was part of no, the but I, uh, No, but I've been now with the NFL Network. Uh, I don't, I usually, I'm the type of guy that I'm like, I'm not going to buy the whole packed game of, it's, no, I, I'm not going to spend that money. And then I just buy the games per Sunday. Well, I'm like, good. I'm losing. Why didn't I just buy the whole season? Well, good. We need more people like you. And then we'll take those people and send it's them to the community. bucks right. a game. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm just hit it. the buy button. And then my seven-year-old comes over and goes, we are going to play now. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, but I want to, and he's like, then he gouges my eyes out. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate me. that. A true pleasure. No, anytime. We'll Please. see you on the soup. That is Joel McHale. Well, I will see him on the soup. Spank, Sp- I, Spanksless. I'm sorry I didn't dress up. That's okay. You can come back anytime you want. I'm just Dressed quite, up? Uh, yeah. Please. I'll make up for it by being in a top hat next time. And we'll put you in Spanx right here on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl right. special. Joel McHale, who's uh, Seahawks uh, wound up just a point shy, uh, a couple points shy of, of making the NFC Championship game in San Francisco, and who knows what would have happened in that one. Uh, the third time would have been um, a charm for one of those teams facing each other this year, but obviously San Francisco is here and taking on uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who, as we all know, has uh, an all-timer in Ray Lewis hanging up the, the, uh, the cleats, and a lot of other players aren't really being talked about as much. And that includes our next guest, who's been on this program time and time again. Couldn't be more pleased that he joins the Super Bowl show, Ed Reed. Could not be more thrilled to have on the Super Bowl special, the pride of St. Rose, Louisiana himself, here at his first Super Bowl in New Orleans, Ed Reed. How are you, Ed? I'm good. I'm good, Rich. What is this like for you oh, man, it's in awesome. New Orleans? Awesome, man. Be home. You can just feel it in the air, you know, looking at that Mississippi River, you know, seeing the people. You know, it's just, it's awesome, man. How many people, how many people say to you that uh, you were part of this Ravens Super Bowl championship in 2000? A lot of people think Everybody. That- you know, a lot of people thought I was on the team, like, go and get your next ring. Go get your next ring. I'm mm-hmm. like, I was in college, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I was um, winning the national championship at the time, you know, with um, a great team. You know, and I wish I was a part of it, but, you know, this... This right now is just awesome, though, man. Just, you know, seeing those guys, you know, like Shannon, you know, knowing what they did and seeing the old pitchers, you know, playing with Ray, you know, it's amazing, man, just to be here, you know, and amongst family, couldn't paint a better picture. What's it been like to be, there you go, what's it been like to be with with Ray throughout this whole process? Oh, man, Um, Ray's been a brother, you know, a leader, you know, um, a director, man, just to help, you know, my work ethic, you know, study film. You know, that guy, man, he, he gives so much to everybody. You know, he really does. You know, very unselfish, you know, when it comes to football and just life. You know, he's the, he's the ultimate leader. You know, people laugh because I compared him to Thomas the Train, you know, but I know how much my son loves Thomas the Train. Me too. I'm with and, you. And how much Thomas the Train makes the whole, you know, Sodor goes hard to say, you know, and if he's not around, mm-hmm. you know, things tend to get mixed up with my son. So, right. you know, and um, that's how it was for us, you know, kind of this year, mm-hmm. you know, when Ray was kind of gone or whatnot, not around, you know, getting his treatment, rehabbing. We knew he was coming back, you know, but 
you know that 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 presence that he have, man, is just you know it's 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 something that you know most guys you know can't 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 compete with. You know, they. So if he's Thomas and Baltimore is the <laughs> island of Sodor, yeah, does that make you Percy James? What what train are you? I'm Edward, Edward. man. I'm Edward. This dad trains Edward. That's right. You're Edward the train. There is one. That's right. You know, and, I'm, I'm more like I'm, you know I'd probably be more like. Like Harold or somebody. Sure, like, well, Harold's you know, the a helicopter. Got to be, you know, yeah, kind of. He kinda, saves everybody from high above. You know, that's what you were doing from back be, in your spot the in safety. secondary. I'm the safety. You man. are the safety. <laughs> the last line of defense. You are the safety. Yeah. So, uh, is this? I mean, you've been asked it. I've asked you. You answered the question earlier this week, but I got to ask it again when you sit in here. Is this your last ride? If you get your ring here in your hometown, you win on Sunday. Is there a possibility you sit there and go, maybe I just ride off with Ray? Um. Nah, I don't think so, man. I honestly don't think so, but um, you never know, man. You never know. You know, um, after this game, we can sit down again, you know, and um, we're on top of the world then, you know, and it might be different. You know, the answer might be different, you know, once I start to assess things, but I feel great. You know, I've been doing a lot of um, recovery stuff with my doctor, you know, focused on rehab, recovery, you know, and... um, For which body parts? Everything. The whole body. You notice I used plural. The whole body. You really? Know, and the main thing has been, you know, my nerve impingement. So it's kind of my head and everything to, to protect that. You know, as as you get older and play more football, you know, you tend to bang much. You know, my favorite movie, Open Range. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he says, you know, a bang on the head can make a man strange for the rest of his days. You know, so I believe, you know, that that's true. You know, and, and I feel the effects, you know, of, of, of where I've been with this game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I've been assessing it, you know, the last few years. You know, I think a, a football player has to do that. You know, if you, if you play this game as long as we've played it, if you don't assess yourself every offseason, you know, you're crazy. You know, if you just out here, play football, get to the offseason, you know, play in the offseason, enjoy yourself, and, and don't think about your family, your future, your body, you know, your gift, your temple that God has given you, you know, you're just, just out here, man. You know, so, and I know long-term it's, it's going to have its effect. You know, that's why I agree with, with what President Obama said. You know, I wouldn't force it on my kid, you know, or push him away from it if it's something he wants to do. You know, um, for most kids and grew up here in Louisiana or in inner cities, you know, sports are their only way out. It's football, basketball, baseball, you know, not saying they can't be anything else because you can, you know, but I was one of those kids who dedicated everything to football, you know, and, and, and this is my career, my livelihood, short-lived, you know, you, you, you're not promised an 11-year, 17-year career like Ray, uh, 20 years like Ray, um, Jerry Rice, you know, you're not promised those times, you know, but those are the things that you have to think about, you know, and not most kids who come out of college think about that. You know, they just feel, you know, okay, I can make it to the league, get drafted, make some money, you know, be rich, so to say. You're not going to be rich. This is rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. You know, I'll but, take that. But, um, you know, it's, it's short-lived. It's really short-lived, but it's a lot you put into it, you know, in, in a, a real short 
period of time. You sound like a man ready to retire. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, we've seen how you can play, and we see how you... I retired last offseason. <laughs> well, you seem... I mean, I'm not calling you Favre-like, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you have mentioned the R word before. Yeah. And yeah. here you are. You mentioned, you know, here we are in Louisiana in the Superdome. Yeah. This is the, the stadium of your youth, right? Yeah. And yeah. the team with Ray mm-hmm. and you... Four quarters away from maybe hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, that a lot of people already assumed you've already won because you're so synonymous with this right. defense. Right. And hearing what you're saying, I'm thinking this guy is going to hang him up if he yeah. wins a ring. Yeah, That's my, what I'm thinking. My 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 um, cleats and everything was hung up last off season. Honestly, you know, I retired. That's why I spent a lot of time, you know, in the off season away from football. Um, I know I could play this game. I love it, and most football players probably would love to play it all their lives. You know, but that won't happen, you know, and um, you got to be real with yourself. You know, um, I was fortunate enough to get away from it all last offseason, spend time with my son, you know, and really get comfortable with that, you know, um, and, and, and hearing his voice ask me, Daddy, when you're coming home, you know, Daddy, when is it over, you know, and, but he knows this is a big game. You know, it, it, it put things in perspective, make you think about what's really important. And, and that's that's more important than anything, you know, to be able to throw that ball with him, talk to him, you know, and, and him to understand me more than anything, you know, because of all the things that's going on physically in the league, the toll it takes on you, you know, something you got to think about. Uh, I assume he's going to be here Sunday. Oh, yeah. Okay. How yeah. many how many tickets did you have to rally together? Right now I'm at... 57, 58. Wow. I might have a couple more extras. So I'm trying to raffle off too. That you, oh, you're raffling off too. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to give away two random tickets okay. uh, to somebody in the city. How can, you know, how can they, how can they, how can they, how can they? I got to figure out how to do this. You know, I might have to get one of the local, um, local radio stations or something. Okay. You know, um, Let me I don't know, know how to help. do it. We yeah. Can help. Yeah, I have two, ex- I have two tickets that okay. I want to give away. Okay. We got to come up with some way to do it. You know, before Sunday, we could definitely figure some something out to help we you have out. To. We so have we're, to. We're we're here to help. Yeah. Man. But fifty some odd tickets. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. did you go around the locker room to friends and say, I just sent a mass text out, you know, to everybody. Like, if you got extra tickets, gone. man, let me know. Right. You know, I'm buying them. I could probably fill up the Superdome. That's about. Oh yeah. <laughs> this and must be so huge for your family, Ed. Yeah. Yeah, it is. When was your first time memory of the Superdome? When was the first time? Ninety-seven. 97, I was here, media day. Mm-hmm. This day, 97, I was here, fortunate, fortunate enough to be here. Um, I won a pump, pass, and kick. Um, you might have to go back and get that in the archives. Okay. It was actually at the Saints facility there. I just built it not mm-hmm. too long. And um, I won the pump, pass, and kick. The winner of it was able to come to media day and go to Disney World to compete. And um, I won this one, came here, media day. To the Superdome. Yes, yeah, man. And that was this, that was the Desmond Howard Packers yep. against, against the Patriots. New England. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl. So you yeah. were here for that. Yeah, man. And now you're here at a podium on Media Day yourself. Can't believe it. God's good, man. You're a good man, Ed Reed. Thank you're you. a good man. Thanks for sitting down on this uh, on this show. And thank for Rich, man. Okay, <laughs> yeah, man. That's Ed Reed here on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl special. Ed Reed, getting it ready. He sounds just like I mean, I said it to him point blank. Sounds like a man who's ready to retire if he wins. If he wins. And the man calling the game, calling the action, once again on CBS, fresh off of calling another Tiger Woods victory just last week at La Jolla before he goes and does the NCAA tournament for CBS again prior to the Masters. It's an incredible run 
every uh, winter and spring for this next guest, but you throw the Super Bowl in, and, and life's all good for Jim Nance. Thrilled, honored, pleased to have on the Super Bowl special a man who's going to be calling his third Super Bowl associated uh, with his fifth Super Bowl for CBS, the one and only Jim Nance. Thank you, Rich. Hello, friend. Hello, Fred. Wonderful to be with you. <laughs> that sounded good, leaving your lips. Well, you know what? It's it's yeah. it's your gig. It's your thing. And I just but I just figure that's the only good way to say hello yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's that means it's 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 time to to make sure I step up and and perform at a good level. When what I is say it that. like to be calling a Super Bowl, Jim? What is that like for you? Well, uh, it's the biggest event we know in television by a mile, and you know it brings a lot of feelings uh, into the heart. You know, to me, I, I I'm nostalgic, to to a point that some people get turned off by it, and I you know I can't help it if they don't have a, a sentimental bone in their body. I do, so mm-hmm. I make up for it. Uh, but I think of people uh, on an assignment like this who did it in the past. You know, I'm aware of numbers, names, history. That's what I do. I study it. I know I'm one of 11 men to have ever called the Super Bowl. It's not a very long list. You know, I know all the ones who have been given that honor of being entrusted with that show. And a great many of them, most of them, I did have a chance to know. A lot of them have passed now. But I go into that booth on Sunday, and I'm thinking about Pat Summerall, and I'm thinking about Jack Whitaker. And I'm thinking about Dick Enberg, who I had dinner with on Saturday night, just to pick his brain for an evening about Super Bowl memories. And that, to me, is what it's about. I'll call the game. You know, I've got the game prepared, the names, the, the numbers, the stories, the anecdotal information that's important to get out there that's fresh. Uh, you know, I, I want to make them proud. That's where I'm coming from on Super Bowl Sunday. What did Enberg tell you? What was that conversation? Well, one of the great, great teaching points I've had. Uh, he talked about 1983 uh, calling the Super Bowl and in the first quarter they never got his audio worked out in his headset. He got feedback. And, oh no. You know, People at home may not understand that but if you're ever on the phone and you're hearing their voice come back and you can't communicate. You can't communicate and you're trying to talk to someone, I'll call you back. Well you can't call him back. He had to go ahead with Merlin Olson and call the game with constant feedback. So Dick's stories got greatly condensed because he said by the third or fourth word, he was hearing the first word again. So he just pulled out of the story and talked in very clipped phrases, fixed it by the second quarter. But by that time, he's already burned and, you know, this is going to be a terrible show. He's out of sorts, he feels. He goes home after the game and throws a Super Bowl party. And before he popped the tape in, he had recorded it. He'd heard from more people about how much they enjoyed that broadcast than anything he'd ever done. He thought, man, people were just, you know, passing along platitudes here. He pops in the cassette, and he listens to it, and he said the energy inside the stadium, just jumping out of the television screen, the energy. And there he was with just this staccato delivery of a couple of words here, a couple of words there. And it would only work if Merlin, who had feedback as well, was doing the same thing. Right. So they were very short and by the second quarter, when a game normally does kind of reach into a flow now, the game comes to you, is that old phrase we use in broadcasting. Uh-huh. He got back to being Dick and Burke, and Merlin Olsen was Merlin again. But they set up the game unwittingly 
in a way he never had before. And he says, it's the greatest lesson I ever had. And he listened to it. He loved it. The Super Bowl was so big. There's been so much talked about. That was 83. Right. Now, look, 30 years later. Isn't that I mean, look where we are. Look at all the coverage you've got going on here. We've got going on here. Yeah. By the time you kick the football, do they need me to over the opening kickoff and the first series down the field, like trying to dispense and condense everything people have heard or read in the last week? No, it's a time to dial back, step back, and, and get a little bit more like name, rank, and serial number here. First and ten, you know, hand off to Gore. Off the right side, tackle by Suggs. Lay out. crowd's going to be pulsating. Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Pass that along to me on Saturday night in, in uh, Del Mar, California. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, but that said, Colin Kaepernick could change that whole just get the first and ten just get the sure. nuts and bolts down with just one play. I mean, this is one of the biggest big play quarterbacks that this game has seen in recent years, what he has done over the last few weeks. Um, this could be a major stage for that young man. If you had a chance, he was on this show earlier. Have you had a chance to uh, sit down with him? Meet yet? with him uh, later in the week. Okay. Have not had one of their games. Yeah, because we were going over that in yeah. our head. Yeah. What was the last 49er game that, that, that you've done? Brett Favre and the Jets at the 49ers four years ago, so five years ago. Right. So it's, uh, it's been a while. Not mm-hmm. a lot of the same you know, pieces in place there. You still had Patrick Willis. You still had, you still had Frank Gore. Uh, you had Vernon Davis, but it's a whole new team, obviously, with a whole new culture in there with, with Jim Harbaugh. And I can't wait to see Kaepernick play in person. And I realize, you're right, first play of the game, who knows? He's capable of breaking one, running. Or throwing one. His arm's just incredible. It I is. mean, it's just a rocket. And, uh, you know, I, I feel very familiar now with the, with the Ravens. I've seen a lot of them. And uh, I know their stories, and I got those down cold. I'll be equally balanced sure. come Sunday. Right. So what do you think um, the Ravens need to do from what you've seen? You've seen them uh, in the AFC Championship game. You've also seen them throughout the season when they were – sort of an up-and-down team struggling on offense than struggling on defense, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think the Ravens need on Sunday, Jim? I think that they need to get production out of Ray Rice, and I think Pierce, his backup, could be you know, a star coming of age in this game too, by the way, the rookie out of Temple. I think they need to be able to have the balance because Flacco right now is uh, he's on fire, and, and their defense is whole. I mean, their defense, people talked about, I talked about it in their wild card game against Indianapolis. First time the big four were really on the same field uh, at, at the same time. But, you know, you factor in other things, too. The month of December, Pollard missed three games in that stretch where they were really plummeting. He didn't have Pollard either. So now everybody's out there. Look what's happened. I mean, look what's happened. The second half of the games in the playoffs, they've allowed one offensive touchdown. They've taken the football away. Six times. I mean, this is, this is a Ravens team that, even though they were 9-2, and two, playing brilliant football for 11 weeks, and then sunk there toward the end, it's not even the same, it's not the same team, especially defensively. This is, a, this is like a fresh, fresh team. Uh, there's no fear with them. I don't think that they have to overthink it. I think they've just got to go out and play Ravens football. From just your perspective, from your seat, from all the sports that you've covered, what do you feel about intangibles, do you feel that that is something that is actually uh, a tangible, that it is palpable, where you see with the Ravens 
with Ray Lewis saying, I'm retiring, and the run that they've gone on, and then them converting on second and 73, if you will, in Denver yeah. to tie that game and send it to overtime. Just from your, your perspective, from your seat, is there such a thing as a tangible intangible? Well, sometimes it's a feeling. It's a vibe. Yeah, I do think there is something to that. Before their wild card game against the Colts, which would have been on January 6th, I met with them on the 4th at their facility. And I walked out of those meetings, and it wasn't just the fact that Ray was coming back to see action for the first time. It was to a man. You could see it at their practice. You just felt it. Flacco said to us, we're about to explode. My dad told me. Steve said, go crash the party. We had like an hour with John Harbaugh, and you could feel there was something it was unifying that team. Maybe it was Ray Lewis. I don't know. But I think it was the fact, too, they were all healthy now, the whole sum of it all. That night, our group went out to dinner. I don't make predictions, particularly in public when sure. I'm calling a game. Right. But privately, I'll tell people, I think this is what we might see. Because we have access to both teams that people don't have. And I said to our team, I don't think that Sunday's game will be close. No disrespect to the Colts. I just had a feeling Ravens at home. After being with them for six or eight hours that day, this was a team ready to do something special. And sure enough, they went out and they won the game 24-9, to followed by the win at Denver, which I, you know, sure, we all kind of thought Denver would win it, but I wasn't shocked. Right. I told people all week they're going to give them all they can handle. Never understood why they were such huge underdogs at New England after beating them in the regular season and the role that they were on. Uh, but, yeah, I've got that just being around them. There's definitely a feeling. And I'm sure there's, there's feelings like that, too, on the 49ers, 49ers side. Kaepernick, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, coming to this building where Tom Brady. Tom Brady, same Tom situation. Brady, same situation. Gets, replaces the starter. Second-year quarterback. Yeah, head injury for the starter. Comes in. Never lets go of the position. You know, maybe. I've thought about that a lot. Maybe Sunday I'm going to be sitting there calling a game that's the dawning of a new era in the NFL. Right. You know? And if Kaepernick has a chance to matriculate the ball down the field with little time left maybe sim should say they should keep pushing the ball down the field <laughs> you know Remember? that phrase yeah. from hank stram was new orleans it was right here super bowl four january the 11th 1970 on cbs. on cbs on cbs jack buck and pat summerall were uh, on the call and uh that's where hank was mic'd for the first time by nfl films and all right boys Keep matriculating that football down the sideline. Right here yeah. in New Orleans. Right here. So, last question for you. You're in the midst of an incredible run right now, I mean, broadcasting-wise. You just came fresh off of calling another Tiger Woods victory uh, on the PGA Tour. Now you're here calling a Super Bowl. You're getting ready for another NCAA tournament, which I'm personally excited about because Michigan's number one. There right you now. go. And then after that's always, you know, the tradition unlike any other with the green Would jacket. Would that be the... The Masters that on would be CBS. the Masters on <laughs> CBS. CBS. <laughs> you know, so do you catch yourself at any point, Jim? Just like shake your head like I cannot. I mean, this is the sort of thing that people in our industry would love to just do one of these. Mm -hmm. And you with CBS do all of them. I'm very fortunate. I realize it every day of my life. It doesn't have to uh, fall during this stretch of 70 days from from Super Bowl to Final Four to the Masters for me to realize it. I mean, I'm living the dream. And uh, I sometimes, oftentimes, don't feel worthy, to be honest. I, I realize I've, uh, I've got uh, you know, some wonderful opportunities. And uh, 
you have to you have to greet them with a grateful heart, and and that's. You know, people say, oh, how do you prepare? And I, I'm a voracious reader. I'll be prepared. I'll talk to every player and coach that I need to, and I'll have everything read. But to me, preparing for these things is way bigger and deeper than that. It's a full breadth of life in a way. You know, I like to read, uh, not just about the games or events I'm about to do. I like to read. I like to have knowledge. I like to know what New Orleans feels like, what the vibe is of the city. Now, does that come out on the show? I don't know. But I, I really want to know more about what people are feeling now at this point in my life than just it's not a numbers-based sure. broadcast. I don't live on statistics. I live on stories. And I will just tell you this. The minute I look forward to the most in this broadcast on Sunday is when the game ends. Somebody said, what are you looking forward to talking about? And, you know, what would you like to say? Where will that be? And I said, I look forward to the game being over. You do? No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not rushing for the game to get over. I can't wait for the game to get here. But I can't wait for that moment when it ends because I want to see what it looks like. And, by the way, what am I going to say? I'm going to say nothing at this point. When two brothers walk across the field and meet at the 50, and one's the champion and the other one's had the hardest loss of his career, how does that moment get handled by them? I'm a non-factor. There's no narrative that I can put to that live moment, that iconic moment, I can only get in the way. But what's it going to look like? Hopefully our, you know, we'll have it, 15 cameras will be trained on it. Hopefully we'll have the audio from it. How, how do you handle that? Right. If you win the Super Bowl, this is not going to be what it normally is. can't be. This is a, in a way, emotionally, it's a compromised win for the winning coach. Sure, you want to win it. You got to win. It's the biggest part. You want to win it for your players. I get all that, but you know how hard it has to be on your brother. Blood is is suffering, and now you're going to meet at midfield. You know, there's no unharnessed joy in that moment. It's a consoling scene, and to me, I want to see it. I, I can't think of anything I can draw a parallel to in my career where a family is going to be so high, so low. Where do they meet? Parents, Jack and Jackie, are going to be in the stands. But the brothers, at that moment, that's the moment of all that I I, I want to see. And Jim Nance, the broadcaster, is going to be sitting back watching with the tens of millions of people as well, fascinated and riveted by that that, that snapshot that will be played back forever. Jim, you're the man. Thanks Thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks, Rich. Everything from this, from the bowl to... um, to uh, the NCAA tournament, Masters. Good luck, uh, Michigan. Oh, thank you. We need it. The we last need. time, uh, you know, saw those guys in a Final Four uh, was 94, but they were here in 93 in the Superdome 20 years ago. I, I was calling that one. Don't remind me. Yeah. These things. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up <laughs> a source. Don't time out on the interview <laughs> or anything like that, but thanks for coming on. And Always really a pleasure. Your call on, on America's most watched network, right? CBS. That's what they tell me, CBS. <laughs> That's what you tell us, too. Jim Nance right That's here right, on the Super Bowl you. special. Jim Nance, everybody, on CBS on Sunday night. Um, kickoff just shy of 5.30 here in the Central Time Zone in the Crescent City in New Orleans. And let's wrap this show up with the funny, the hilarious David Spade. Very fired up to have this man on this show uh, on the Super Bowl special. 
Uh, the night after the Super Bowl, Rules of Engagement, this man's show, returns for seventh season. David Spade, good to see you, sir. You too, pal. How are you? All right, all right. You ready, ready to go. You ready for the uh, Super Bowl? What is the Super what do, what do you, where do you, where does, where do you watch the Super Bowl? Where do you watch it? You got your I, man cave and the spade? You house know, house? Um, I do not. Uh, you know, we went to the Super Bowl one year and uh, uh, that year the Drew Brees uh, won. Yes. And uh, it, it, it's so chaotic and crazy and fun. It's good to do, but sometimes it's good to be home watching the replays and, and sure. the, the craziness is, is sort of contained. But this year, I mean, they're going down. Uh, uh, to Newport to uh, golf and watch it, or uh, unless Sandler, Sandler instructs me otherwise. Um, <laughs> we were all going to go, like, with the Grown Ups cast. Right. But now Rock and uh, uh, KJ can't go, so we might just, me and Adam, go to Las Vegas and watch it. Is something. that? So, okay, because I know, yeah, you, the, the Breeze, the Saints, Bears, uh, the Saints-Colts uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. You, you went down to promote Grown Ups. Yeah, really fun. At the great. time, it was just Grown Ups. Now it's, I guess, technically Grown Ups won. Grown Ups <laughs> yeah. 2 Grown coming Ups out won. this summer. Because normally that's what Sandler does. He gets the whole gang together. Well, that was sort of the reason I did the movie. <laughs> because they go, we're doing the Super Bowl and everything. I go, oh, great. And yeah. then there's been some problems and Chris is doing a play. I go, that's the worst reason not to go to a football game. Yeah, Chris Rock is, is yeah. doing his play that uh, I guess we can't even say the name of the play here on NFL. Oh, yeah, Network. it's a dirty name. Yeah. But that's, that's a fun one. I saw it in uh, New York and... He's good and all, but I'm like, you did it. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, let's go yeah. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, exactly. So he sort of ruined it for everybody. You, you are an Arizona Cardinals fan? Yeah, I it? guess so. <laughs> it's good at least I'm picking one that not everyone's picking. <laughs> because I grew up in Arizona, and we didn't have a, you know, a team. Right. So I like the Dolphins, and then I love the Dolphins, and then the Sheets and everything in my, in my room, and I had Zonka. And then when they started losing, I flipped easily and went to the Steelers because they started winning. Right. It was really no... Uh, loyalty, and I like the Steelers. And then um, they started losing, so I was like perplexed what to do. I what have can to you jump do? onto a winner? Yeah, who's bandwagon? Can and, you then, uh, uh, and then I got the Cardinals just because they're there, and I think I should like them. And I come to LA, and I'm a phony because if I go to the Lakers, they're like you should be at the Suns. And so right. you're so any, anytime you come from somewhere, you're sort of lost. So I like the Suns, and I like. Uh, the Cardinals, and I, I remember when Kurt Warner, who that was our only shot we yeah. had. Then suddenly you make the Super Bowl. Remember right? when he got bounty gated out of the goddamn game at he, the he, end of the play? He did. That that, was, that he, had to be tied in. Well, I mean, anytime Kurt, you know, Kurt works here at this network. Oh, he does. And anytime you know that B word drops, he sort of you know he tightens like this, up. Yeah, he gets this well, tick. I know, know nothing I mean, about it, obviously. You know, and uh, uh, you know, I've done the combine and everything. I'm very athletic. You understand that. Everyone gets that. Yes. But um, I, I watched it the last play. It was like a pickoff. He's on the other side of the field, just sort of jogging over, realizing the season's over. Boom. Disaster strikes. Exploded, yes. And, that uh, was the, that's when he realized maybe he should go on NFL yeah, Network. We had a bit of a bounty thing at Saturday Night Live, and it was different. Like How so? I would be like, let's take Sandler out before Weekend Update. He's mm-hmm. just killing too hard. You know what I mean? Right. And I'd bring Farley over, and he's like, uh and I'm like, he's killing, right? He goes, yeah. And I go, that's bad. He goes, oh, yeah, no, it's bad, right? I go, yeah, you don't want that. Because I think Farley could he's Farley so easily could somebody out of the and knees. Goes, oh. And I go, just hit him low. And just then yeah. he can't go. And if he gets out of stretcher, I give you a cookie. Because <laughs> <laughs> Farley had that sneaky lateral movement. You, yeah, thought, you thought he, he like maybe very, he could go north-south. He but was he could very go east, agile. West, yeah, know? he would have done all right at the combine. He's good. Well, What sure. I want to do if I have a lot of money is get a football field-sized backyard and then make it a football field right. and then hold the combine at my house. Because it looks so fun to hang out with everybody. Well, you know, it is fun. 
with the 40-yard dash and then the running around mm-hmm. the cones. Jumping high. But then you have to, you know, that there's the, there's the wonderlick. Ooh. You know the the mental aptitude test. Oh, I don't like that. There's part. that. There's the uh, there's the body fat test no, which I don't you could do that pass. <laughs> well, Far- Farley would have raised some red flags. You well, know, it, you know, in the interview process with the I new think. with the real NFL, they should have like pop and bottles contest. You know, ten <laughs> bottles go in a minute because this is what's really going to happen with these sure. guys. You got to get them prepped for the real world. For the real world, it's a little bit of football, but it's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, it's life, there's, bankruptcy stuff. You know, it's tough. There's a lot of life issues. Yeah. So, but yeah, with you with the Cardinals, at least one year you had that that one. Oh, it was a real that dream. One moment, but and it was. Uh, no, that one wasn't in Arizona. We had one uh, Super Bowl in Arizona. Well, you, it was in Tampa where you took on the Steelers, one of the teams of your youth, yeah. in that Super Bowl. That, you know, how uh, about this? One close. time I'm at a bar doing stand-up as a kid. This is, we can take this out later because it's a boring story. This is a great story but already. I'm doing stand-up and, uh, you know, sort of sucking. I was new at it. <laughs> and uh, then I see this girl I used to date, and she's there with the Zonka. Larry Zonka? The Zonk is at our bar. Out of nowhere. And I'm like, ga, 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 ga. Because he had the helmet with the thing. I mean, like, I knew it growing up. He was my man. I was freaking out meeting him. I couldn't care less that he might be nailing, you know, this chick I like. And, um, but then I think they're probably not because he's 35 or something gross and old. Yeah. I was like 22. And I'm like, well, she's 24. There's no way, you know. Maybe she had the sheets, too, when she yeah. was younger. <laughs> she was you know? all over it, and I was sad. And I was so... Uh, so juiced up on star juice that I couldn't even see what was really happening. Not, I didn't have time to be jealous. Right. And then later I was like, Wah. and uh, but I liked that I got to meet him. And um, I found out later it's okay to be super old and date young girls. <laughs> you learned that early on. Yeah, and then I learned that's the really rewards. what I pulled out of Zonga. I was like, that's really the big lesson. Right. What, so what was the room? What was your room like when you were a kid? You had the posters. And you had I the, had. You had the bed sheets. I had the sheets with every team on. it. I had the same sheets. They were very Seriously. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like the old, the old school. Yeah, we're 70s sort of the same. Age. It was sort right. of logos, but they were all. Yeah. Like, and I had, yeah. I had posters of everybody: Warfield and uh, Lynn Swan and anybody. And they were sort of rotating as who was doing well, you know. So I wanted to look cool at my school, so I wanted to like the right people. Right. It just totally fit in. Everyone tried to stand out. I wanted to be exactly like everyone else. I didn't want to be beat up. I just wanted to find out exactly what everyone else liked and then like that mm-hmm. and just really be a follower. And uh, sort of still like that. And um, uh, But Lin Swan, made, was that Lin Swan made the catch off his knees? Of course. He made, well, he made catches everywhere. Yeah, I used the, to make those sort of heads-up yeah, plays when I was Super playing. Super Bowls right. and stuff like that. Yeah, I was good. Do you, you play fantasy, correct? Do you play fantasy <laughs> yeah, yeah, football? Yeah. I, I play with... With uh, the Happy Madison uh, goons, you know, you know the Happy. With Happy Madison, Madison they're the producers of uh, of Rules of Engagement, and then my and idiot non-famous that. friends in Arizona, and that one I don't really pay attention to, but the famous people won. The famous, who's in the? Drop some names for me. Who's oh yeah, one? well I tell you, uh, I got swayed by Twilight with Taylor Lautner, and so I traded away Eli Manning to him for no reason other than Taylor Lautner. Stuff. You traded Eli. I gave him Eli Manning. Manning. For who? Who'd you For, get like, back? you know, a kicker. So, you know, there's something, it was such a horrible trade, but I uh-huh. thought it was cool of me to do it. I was like, nah, he was in grown-ups. Helped the guy out. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I got screwed. He talked me into a receiver that got hurt um, 12 minutes later. But the problem is, uh, and I'm not really super good at it, but this year, beat Sandler, beat Chris Rock, who won last year. Rock crushing was the, through. Rock was the, the Rock winner. was the champion, yeah, our first year. 
And then San- Sandler, does he pay attention to it? Sandler's I mean, are these guys into conundrum it? conundrum is he cannot win because everyone will hate him more because he's got everything. So he's, <laughs> he's got, got that weird thing he, he has to lose. It? Yeah, it's horrible. He you takes know? it for the good of the French. He does. He goes, then he sort of takes a dive, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I'm over there, wee, like so excited. Mm. Meanwhile, I realize there's six guys on the IR when I'm playing him. I don't oh. care. I'm still so excited to beat him. So he doesn't, he doesn't really pay that much attention to the No, roster. but, you know, I went to the finals Mm-hmm. I'd say I won, obviously, if I won. Of course. But I went all the way to the end. There's 12 guys in it, mm-hmm. and I played Jack. Jack. Jared Pewter, who's one of our producers on uh, all the movies. And, uh, but he's he locked me. in, though. He's locked. I mean, he, he, and he's, that's all he does all day. I feel like there's some sort of cheating going on, but I can't pinpoint it, but that's how I justify it. Feels, yeah, it feels better. Yeah. That way. What's your team name? What's how about name? how stupid my team was? Mm-hmm. We have two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We'll take all this out later. Sure, uh, no, it's okay. This is people, Flacco was my gamble, and he he sort of did good. You know, he had hits and misses, but he did good. Hey, when he performed what he did in Week One against the Bengals on Monday Night Football, yeah. they, they scored like forty some odd points. Yeah. I traded for him on the spot. Oh, see, I thought this is going to be his year. Yeah, and then he spit the bit for most of <laughs> the season. He did sort of take a dump on me. And then, and now when it now all it comes anymore. down to it, he's a, he's a Super Bowl he quarterback. He had a few years. I had Skelton for some reason in some flurry of events. <laughs> There's no I, reason for that. I know. What do you mean for some I, reason? There is even, no reason. Not, not, and, and Calvin wasn't even hurt yet. I go, what am I doing? But I, I was, he was flow. Uh, it's hard to explain. But, um, yeah, he didn't really crush it for me. But um, <laughs> not even for the actual. Cardinals. I had Philip Rivers. That's who I got for Eli Manning. Oh what boy, a, what a dud move! That he was. was a turnover machine. But Taylor was in Grown Ups. He's in a movie, mm-hmm. and he was cool. And I was like, "Yeah, that'll be cool." And then he gave me some. Uh, uh, he threw in some other dog with it. It was yeah. a bad trade. What's your What's your fantasy team name? What do you call your team name? Uh, Jack and Diet. Because I drink Jack, Jack and Diet Coke. Jack and Diet. Yeah, I like it. And there's an, the avatars of a. Of a diet coat? No, the a- avatar is me in like a, a Kid Rock mink fur coat <laughs> profile view. It's so stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. It's fantasy football. Yeah. And that, that's a lot but of But it's fun. good. But next year I'm excited. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm learning as I go. I didn't know the whole first season I could trade people and stuff. So I just said, here's my guys. And three are hurt. And yeah, you got you to shuffle around. You yeah. Massage I'm learning. I'm going to be really good next year. I'm, go. I already went to the finals, so hey, everyone's got you almost high got hopes it. for me. You almost got it. You want to take a crack at the actual Super Bowl? Do you want to break it down? You got to you think, you tell me who's going to win. There's a fear in my eyes. I go, you go wait a minute. Do, oh, yeah. do you think, what, what guys are in it again? Who do you think's going to win it? You got the Kaepernick, oh, you got the Ray. Oh, this one's real got, tough. Yeah. I like to play it both ways. I go, you know, the Ravens can really come out. <laughs> And then, but they also could lose. You sound like us <laughs> on, on like TV. That we do the same They're thing. They're like fourteen hours till a game. Go predict the game, and you're like, well, this is why they might win. Everybody it asks me, and I, and I say it sounds like a you know, cop right? out. Of course, but and, 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 and I was in two fantasy leagues. I won one, and then I Whoa. lost. I lost one in last place, dead last. Oh. D, DFL, as they say, and that was the one I really wanted to win. You know, you have you have some that you you win. Right. It's great. This one you really want to win. Any money involved? But, um, you know, little friendly gentleman. Just, it was, it was, it was a uh, for pride. For a sure. little bit, yeah, with a little sugar. By the but, way, the, the half Madison won zero money. Is that right? It's so horrible. Yeah. Uh, but ahead. but people ask, you know, what do you think? And and I I give the answer, and it's legitimate. Whoever turns the ball over less is going to win the game. And it sounds like a total cop out. But it's, it's always true. true, right? It's true. And then you got, you know, I mean, you got Ray Lewis's jersey behind me here, and yeah. my guy, hey, you know, uh, they got. Uh, Ray, and maybe they're going to win it for Ray. And then Kaepernick's behind you there, but that kid could totally take the game over. And 
and change everything. Yeah, that gets so. blowing up late in the game. That is an odd situation with that Alex Smith. I, I, I think he's being a good guy about it. I don't know how I could handle that. You he know, says it's get, bittersweet. <laughs> uh, all caps and bitter. <laughs> sweet in small letters. But it, it's very tough, and you have to say that. And then I did see a little quote where he goes, it's great, it's great, it's great. And they go, well, are you going to be okay being a backup next year? And he goes, you know, we'll talk about that after the game. Yeah. He's, he's sprinting away, just anything. Would, would you take Alex Smith on the Arizona Cardinals? You know, we do take um, guys after they've peaked, so there might be a chance <laughs> because we're never getting them right out of the egg. You know what I mean? Like little chicks. It's always like on the swing of the bell curve, you know, down here. I, you know, it, it's always tough what they say with Arizona because – uh, offensive line act like I know what I'm saying. Mm. But it is sort of true when the quarterback has .0 seconds to throw it. Yeah. Whoever you throw there's going to get that is a, By the way, that is a legitimate analysis it's sort of, true, of so the you Cardinals' why offensive don't get, problems. You know, in that's the last draft, they should, you know, whatever, beef it up. But right. And then you got that Larry Fitzgerald that's worth a lot of fantasy points. You, do you trade him? And then you got on the line for no reason. It, it's he's You can't. He's the man. What do you do? He's, what you, he can't ever. And the poor guy is so go. good, and he just – I didn't know. even pick him. He was – Right for the plucking this year, and I didn't because I go, what's he going to do? I know, I know. You normally he's like a top fantasy pick, yeah. and he 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 drifted to the second round in all of my yeah. other leagues too because you can't figure that. Yeah. So do you do you have an idea about you think who's going to win this game? Oh yeah, did, you, you asked me that question. Yeah. Um, I sort of skirted away. No, but from it was great, which was very was... artful of you because <laughs> do. I don't know anything about football. No, that's not true. I, I would say rat dot dot. The Ravens are in it for sure. <laughs> Right, and who's the other guys? <laughs> once I realized they're we in your division. Once we realized we weren't going, I was like, "Oh, yeah, right." But I think uh, it'll be Tattoo City. That guy will do it because he needs incredible. another tattoo that says like Super Bowl down his back and number one. And that is one thing he needs is more ink. Yeah. Correct. By the way, it's always like, "Hey, I got ink because of this." And then yeah. it's like, "Hey, I had a great day at Chick Fil A, and I had a good burrito, so I wrote that." You know, it's, it gets weaker. The reason why they get tattoos, you know what I mean? <laughs> The Super Bowl would be a legitimate. Yeah, exactly. That one visit. works, and yeah. you get the big trophy down your back. And then I, I mean, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got just shoot me. I'm covered with tats where you yeah, can't just see shoot it. me. The rules of yeah, engagement. Yeah, it's all goes, like eight heads in a duffel around. bag. All the movies I've done. <laughs> almost an Emmy. Yeah. Almost a Golden Globe. <laughs> that goes across the traps, I think. Yeah, exactly. So you're taking the Niners. You'll take the Niners in this. Sure. There you go. That's all right. By the way, play these clips when they win. They don't absolutely. And if not, you, that's again. You are you are nailing on the head exactly yeah. how we do it in yeah. the sports business. Good. Which is just fumble your way through <laughs> fum- by 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 throwing stuff out like sure. words like offensive line turnovers. It's going to be close. Yeah. I don't know. It could be anybody. Anybody can win any given Sunday. Yeah. And then team. you go and make a pick. Got to come out. You know, and, play. The, the, and, and for me, going into Championship Sunday, it was easy for me because I predicted before the season San Francisco and New England. So whenever oh. people were asking me in the Super Bowl, who's going to win Championship Sunday? I had the complete cop out. Say, well, before the season, yeah, I picked these two teams. So I'm going to stick with what I've got, even though I picked the 49ers early in the season. Having no clue that Colin Kaepernick would be the guy actually going yeah, to the Super Bowl with them. So, I mean. That was, uh, 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 no one saw that coming. No. That's a crazy one. But it's so funny how such good teams can uh, number two the bed. Can I say that? <laughs> um, that, that so horribly that you go, I hope this isn't the one on Super Bowl. This isn't the team. Because, it, you know, no one's like mowing through every team. They have these off weeks where you go, oh, is this the same team? Right. So, 
if that shows up, I don't know what to do. Exactly. I'm so I'm, now I'm not going to be able to sleep. Well, they'll have at least they'll have rules of engagements promos. Oh my God! Everyone's like, let's get through the Super Bowl so we can get to that rules of engagement on That's Monday. Right. On Monday night. It's good because Season everyone will be hungover seven. and everyone will be like glaring and staring and thinking of like talking about their dumb Doritos commercial they liked. And then we'll come on. And It'll be great. There you are. And Jim Nance will read the promos during the Super Bowl in front of 100 yeah, and million like, people. Yeah, they'll be like, coming up, rules of engagement. I'll be like blowing a feather in slow motion. <laughs> Mike and Molly in a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. I don't want to give it all away, but that's I mean, the Monday. I mean, for, our, for NFL promos, they always give us a football. Where you oh, have yeah, to and you got to jump the around. There's only so much Do they do, do that, too? You get you and Warburton well, we together, and they be, give you Oliver, Super Bowl, and they give the they hunt. gave me the patches under the eyes and oh, yeah. football, and I'm like, mm, and then this, and then I go, and then hut. And so we might see, I don't want to give all those away, <laughs> but you might see <laughs> 0.2 seconds of those. It's like it's like mm. 35 seconds of How I Met Your Mother, right. two and a half minutes of, like, two broke girls, and they go, and then it was amusement. <laughs> picture me like this, hut. <laughs> so we'll try to wheeze in there. We're between How I Met Your Mother and uh, I think that Two Broke Girls. So we're going to wheeze in. It's our final season. We say, I don't know. We never know. And then. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, this is like sort of like the Brett a, Favre of sitcoms in a way. It's a little like, bit. Just when you think they're out, you're so you back. thought Spade should have walked away. Right, you know. Like, they go, he just doesn't have it anymore, but he came back again. I'm like, I can do it. Get me out there. And now 100 episodes. Your 100th episode We hit 100. Coming up. That's why I feel like it might be over because once they hit 100, they're like, Got it. Fist bumps all around. Beat it. So I think, I mean, we could obviously do more, but I think this might be it. I think they're funny, though. It, you just never know. It is. I mean, it keeps, it, it's season seven. But I'm still driving a cab at night just because <laughs> I have these horrible payments to make, and I just don't know what's happening. This yeah. shirt is plashmere. Mm. You see this? Plashmere? Yeah, it's like cashmere, but it's <laughs> from Costco. And uh, Grown Ups 2 coming up this summer uh, yes. as well. And... Um, is it is it easy or tough to work with Dan Patrick uh, after all? Daniel these, Patrick. Because he just loves him, the Sandler roles. You know what? You're going to hate this. He has one of the biggest laughs in the movie. Believe me, everyone was mad. They give um, him... I, Sandler always gives him... Oh, his, my God. This is like the most accidental funny joke he's got because he wears high shorts. <laughs> it's the whole movie. Okay. Um, but he does a funny thing in it, and... Uh, he's always uh, scoring, but don't they put you in stuff, have they not yet? Well, I, I, my voice was at the end of That's My Boy. Oh, that's... But it, that was, it was one of the biggest laughs of the movie oh. because I'm, well, because I'm calling the race of the, of the... Oh, Tubby right. Tuk oh, the, the uh, marathon? So nobody, yeah, nobody hears It's My Voice because oh. they're, they're too busy laughing at what they see on the screen. Well, they need it And I pro. think, I personally think Dan is blackballing me with Sandler. I think that so, he too. he just does not want to hear the footsteps. He does not want to, <laughs> You know he, what I mean? He doesn't yeah, want I know. To see the new that, guard. He doesn't want you. That's his turf. And I and he's got 45 posters on his show. Yeah, I know. Sandler. You notice he keeps putting the posters up. And we know. We, and it's like, Dan, we know you're in these movies. I get it. Yeah, I know. But he, and he talks about it on his radio show. I so. might introduce you to Rob Schneider. Because he, okay. his movies, maybe you could be his guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got to start it. somewhere, yeah, is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you make the jump. Make the jump um, in Sandler. Dan Patrick's kid was a PA in the movie, so he had an intel right. on us the whole time. Yes. And I had intel on him. <laughs> and he was, like, too cool. The problem was with this movie, and then we're going to go to a commercial, is that... Um, <laughs> we're going to be done. Is that the movie... We're like the old guys, and then we have fraternity guys, like Taylor Lautner's buddies. Right. And then we have these sorority girls. And so... In the perfect world, 
Taylor Lautner and those guys wouldn't be on the set, mm-hmm. and these sorority girls would have to talk to us, the grown-ups guys. But then there's guys their age that are cool there. Right. And then they're like, hey, who are these four guys? Are they in the movie? Yes, we're the stars of the movie, fam. <laughs> but instead, they're like, oh, do we have to talk to them? Yeah, mm-hmm. you probably should. Just say hi. Right. You know? Because uh, I'm like, Taylor Amsgray. This is like, because when all the girls come over, they go, hey, are these guys in the movie? And I go, yeah. You know all my married friends from the movie? And they go, you're not married? And I go, no. <laughs> and they're like, what a dud. And I'm like, sorry, babe. All the cool guys are taken. It works. Back to life, back to reality. <laughs> and Grown Ups 2 in a theater near you this summer. and uh, In watch- every theater Every near theater you. near you. Uh, and then when you watch the Super Bowl on CBS, just don't turn the television uh, Keep off. it on. We get a lot of ratings because yeah. people do not turn it for 48 for, for hours. For 48 hours. They they just go, it, you'll run into rules of engagement the, uh, the next night of season Seven premiere. bean dip. All right, well, I'm going to get pre-wasted now because it's... F- before the Super Bowl, I got to. I wish we had some. This is we have no I set know, dressing. Fun We've set. Got nothing. <laughs> David Spade here on the Rich. Oh, Eisen is this real plexiglass? Super wow. Bowl special. So I want to thank everybody again for joining this this special Super Bowl edition. Fifty Cent, David Spade, Joel McHale. I want to thank Jim Nance, also Ed Reed, Colin Kaepernick, the stabs of the 49ers and Ravens for helping us get those two stars of the game uh, on Super Bowl week, giving us that amount of time. Um, don't want to overlook that and thank them. And, of course, our great staff with NFL Network and NFL.com for making all of this happen. You can see this show uh, at 10 o'clock Eastern time on Friday night and then 10 Pacific on Friday night as well with a re-air at 7 a.m. Eastern time. If you're so up on Saturday morning, I know a few people here in New Orleans will be seeing that show uh, at that time. But uh, if you are... If you're, uh, if you're TiVo-minded or DVR-minded, set it for one of those three times. And also, we're going to have one more podcast for you this week. Uh, Chris Law will join me here from, uh, from New Orleans, and we'll even get Chris Brockman uh, on the horn back in Los Angeles talking about the Friday night special and also uh, play for you all the best of the Radio Row interviews that uh, I conducted partially today on Wednesday in New Orleans and also on Thursday when Beyonce is going to stop by. She's going to be on the TV show. My conversation with her, some snippets of that. And uh, so look out for that podcast on Friday uh, in your audio inbox. And again, the special on NFL Network, Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. For the good folks of Chevy, I'm Rich Eisen, signing off for the moment from New Orleans. Stay listening.